Welcome to another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host here, Anthony Smith. It is a Sunday evening. I'm not sure how long I will be on here, but I'm going to be on here long enough. I want to take you back to 1985. What's so intriguing about 1985, you may ask? Well, I want to look at the draft class that year. The 1985 draft. And let's see what took place that year, okay? I basically want to look at the top 10. Some very interesting drafts came out that year. And uh, the number one overall pick that year was taken by the New York Knicks, Patrick Ewing out of Georgetown. His stats read 17 years, played in 1,183 games, 24,815 points, a field goal percentage of 0.504, three point percentage of Point one five two, seventy four percent free throw shooter, for his career averaged twenty one points a game. Quite lofty standards. The second player taken in that draft by the Indiana Pacers, always smiling, happy go lucky, eventually turned jazz bassist out of the state of Oklahoma, played his college ball at Oklahoma University. Mr. Wayman Tisdale played in the league 12 years, played in a total of 840 games. He had some injury problems as well. Uh, Scored a total of 12,878 points. Had basically a 50% field goal percentage. He didn't shoot no threes. He was 76% from the free throw line. And for his career, he averaged 15.3 points a game. The third pick in the draft that year. This is very intriguing. Especially when you find out who he was drafted above. And I got to see these teams battle it out especially being here from Wichita. But the number third pick by the L.A. Clippers was Benoit Benjamin, all seven foot, 260 pounds of him. But the player that he was drafted ahead of usually dominated him. He couldn't stop him. But Benoit Benjamin out of Creighton, he played, he actually played in the league 15 years, played in a total of 807 games. Uh, He ended up with 
9,223 points. Field goal percentage, 49%. Three-point percentage, 0.48. He averaged 72% from the free throw line. Not bad. And for his career, he averaged 11.4 points a game. So who was he, he, who was he drafted ahead of? Well, coming in at the number four spot. This would be very intriguing to me. How Benoit Benjamin got drafted above Wichita State's very own. The only player, the first player at least in NCAA history to lead the nation in both scoring and rebounding in the same year. None other than Xavier McDaniel. He played in the league 12 years. Played in 870 games. Scored 13,606 points. Let me also give you this other side note. He was also part of a team that was a first in the NBA. He was part of that Seattle team that had three players. First time in NBA history to average have three players that averaged 20 point plus per game. If I'm correct, it was him, Dell Ellis, and I believe Tom Chambers. That was a very awesome trio right there. That was a big three before the term big three actually popped up. When teams started forming these super teams. So he had total he scored a total of 13,606 points. Uh his field goal percentage was 0.485%. His three-point shooting percentage was 0.261. He averaged 71% from the free throw line. And for his career, he averaged 15.6 points a game. The fifth spot was occupied, chose Atlanta in the picks in the fifth spot they took. John Conkak out of SMU, who played a total of 11 years. He played in 784 games. And he actually, well, he scored a total of 3,520 points. John Conkak was basically a role player. 47% from the field, 22% from the free, from the three-point line. Uh... 59% free throw shooter. And he averaged for his career 4.5 points a game. Drafted number six by the Sacramento Kings. Joe Klein out of Arkansas, who played 15 years. He scored 4,666 points for his career. Uh, 0.453 field goal percentage, 0.271 uh, three-point percentage. He was deadly from the free throw line pretty much at 0.794. And his points per game was 4.8 points per game. The number seven pick by the Golden State Warriors. And he formed another good trio, which was called Run TMC, which was 
Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullins, and Mitch Richmond. Tim, Mitch, and Chris. Y'all remember those teams? I think those were some of the best teams also that Golden State had that didn't win a championship. I mean, you had Tim Hardaway Sr., Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullins. That's the time where I was actually pulling for the Golden State Warriors. Not that I was a big K-State fan, but the fact that Mitch Richmond out of K-State and was making a name for himself in the NBA. So, yes, I was pulling for those Golden State teams to win a championship. Team, win a championship. It just never materialized. But Chris Mullins was chosen seven by the Golden State Warriors out of St. John's. He played 16 years in the league. He played in... 986 games, he scored 17,911 points. His field goal percentage was .509, three-point percentage was .384, and he averaged for his career 18.2 points a game. The number seven pick went to the, the number eight pick, excuse me, went to the Dallas Mavericks. And out of the University of Washington, they chose Detlef Shrimp, who played in the league 16 years. And for him, he played in a total of 1,136 games. His point total was 15,000. 761. His field goal percentage, 0.491%. His three-point percentage, 0.384. Free throw percentage, 0.803. Also, let me back up because I don't think I gave you Chris Mullins' free throw percentage. His percentage was 0.865. And Shrimp averaged 13.9 points for his career. The number nine pick went to the Cleveland Cavaliers and they chose Charles Oakley out of HBCU school, Virginia Union University. Free Charles Oakley. Can't you just hear that right now? Played in the league 19 years. Played in 1,282 games. Total points, 12,417. Field goal percentage, 0.471. His three-point percentage, 0.253. He was 0.761 from the free throw line, and for his career, he averaged 9.7 points a game. As a matter of fact, at one time, Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, Xavier McDaniel all on the same Knicks team at one time. What a scary group of enforcers. And the number 10 pick coming up out of Villanova picked by the Phoenix Suns Ed Pinckney he played 12 years in the league. 
793 games. Total of 5,378 points. With a field goal percentage of .535. Uh, free throw percentage, 0.765, and for his career, he averaged 6.8 points a game. So this is a very interesting list here because what I'm going to do, I said I was only going to do the top 10, but I'm going to take a break here. And I am going to go ahead and complete this first round because there are some interesting names that are in this first round. So when I come back, I'm going to have picks 11 through 24 after I slide in this word from my sponsor. So you're listening to A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with yours truly, Anthony Smith. Be right back. Welcome back, and we are going to continue this 1985 draft class, the first round only. Even though I started out saying the top 10, it got interesting looking at some of the names on here. And I decided, you know, what the heck. Let's just go ahead and look at this first round, which was a total of 24 picks. Because you're going to find some very interesting names on here. Because I find this very interesting too. So we start with pick number 11. And at the time, this school was actually known as Memphis State. But they're now known as Memphis. 11th pick going to the Chicago Bulls was Keith Lee out of Memphis, who played in the league three years, played in a total of 182 games, He scored for his career 1,000, if I'm looking at that right, yes, 1,114 points. His field goal percentage was point. Four five one. His three point percentage was one point one six seven. He was point seven four six from the free throw line, and he averaged for his career six point one points a game. The number twelve pick going to the at that time the Washington Bullets. Yes, I can say Washington Bullets. Okay. was Kenny Green out of Wake Forest, the number 12 pick. He played a total of two years in the league. Managed only 60 games. Scored a total of 265 points. His shooting from the field percentage was .412. His free throw percentage, 0.721. And for his brief two-year career, he averaged 4.4 points a game. The number 13 pick. One of the greats of the NBA that never could win a championship because even though he won MVP, he ran up against 
a Chicago team led by Michael Jordan. And because this guy won league MVP that year, that was Michael Jordan's motivation for winning the championship. The number 13 pick that year, going to the Utah Jazz, and he was a lifelong Utah Jazz player. Well, take that back. He played with the Lakers trying to win the ring. It never happened. Out of Louisiana Tech, the mailman, Carl Malone. He played 19 years, and the points that he racked up, my goodness, you are not going to believe this. Then again, yes, you would believe this, because he was a scoring machine. 36,928 points. His field goal percentage, 0.516. His three-point percentage, 0.274. He was .742 from the free throw line for his career. He averaged 25 points. The number 14 pick going to the San Antonio Spurs out of Loyola, Chicago. Our Frederick Hughes played one season, total of 68 games. Scored 356 points. 0.409 percentage shooting from the field, 0.176 from three-point line. It's 0.583% free throw shooter for his one-year career. Average 5.2 points a game. Number 15 picked that year went to the Denver Nuggets out of Oregon. They chose Blair Rasmussen. He played eight years in the league. Played in 532 games. Scored a total of 5,119 points. Had a .472 shooting percentage. .257 from the three-point line. 76%, 77% free throw shooter. For his career, he averaged 9.6 points a game. The number 16 pick went to the Dallas Cowboys. Who, whoa, the Dallas Cowboys. Pardon me, the Dallas Mavericks. Who chose out of St. John's, Bill Winnington, who played 13 years. Bill Winnington, Bill Winnington ended up also being a journeyman, too. So, if I'm memory serves me correct, he got him a ring with the Chicago Bulls. Played 13 years in the league, playing a total of 720 games, scored him a total of 3,301 points with a 46% field goal percentage, 26% from free from three-point line, 77% free throw shooter, and 9.6 points for his career average. No, take that back. 4.6 points for his average, and he was a 79% free throw shooter. Number 17 pick, also going to the Dallas Cowboys, and they chose Uwe Blob out of Indiana University, coached by, at that time, the madman himself, Bobby Knight. He played a total of five years in the league, 
and played in a total of 235 games. Scored a total of 505 points. He was a 43% field goal shooter. 60% from the free throw line. 2.1 scoring average for his career. The number 18 pick went to the Detroit Pistons. And this guy was one of the bad boys of the Pistons. Out of McNeese State, Joe Dumars. Played 14 years in the league. Played in 1,018 games. Scored a total of 16,401 points. If you ask me, I think he was one. He was the glue to that team. Uh, he had a point. He had a 46% shooting from the field, 38% from the free throw line. He was 84% from the free throw line. Pardon me, 38% from three-point line, 84% from the free throw line. And he averaged a total, his scoring average total was 16.1 points a game. The number 19th pick went to the Houston Rockets. And they chose from a rival of Wichita State at that time. And you have to realize during this time frame, the Valley was pretty much well known. You had Creighton, you had Wichita State, you had Tulsa. Steve Harris out of Tulsa was the 19th pick. He played five years in the league, played a total of 207 games, racked up 1,440 points. He had a 43% field goal shooting percentage. His three-point shooting was atrocious, 0.50 from three-point line. Well, he was spot on from that free throw line, though. Point. 842, 84% from the free throw line, and averaged seven points for his five year career. Number 20 went to the 20th pick, went to the Boston Celtics, and they chose Sam Vincent out of Michigan State, who played seven years, played in a total of 396 games, scored a total of 3,106 points. His Percentage from the field was 50%. His three-point percentage was 18%. From the free throw line, he was 86%. And for his career, he averaged 7.8 points a game. The number 21 pick went to the Phoenix Suns and out of the University of South Alabama. Terry Catledge, who played eight years in the league, played in a total of 515 games, scored a total of 6,520 points. Make sure I'm looking at the right column there. Yes, I am. Uh, his field goal percentage was 49%. His three-point percentage was 0 0.94. He was 65% from the free throw line. And for his career, he averaged 12.7 points a game. The number 22 pick went to the Milwaukee Bucks out of LSU. They took Jerry Reynolds, who played eight years in the league, played in 443 games, 
scored a total of 4,036 points, 42% field goal percentage, 23% from the free from the three-point line, 75% from free throwing free throw line, and for his career scoring average, 9.1 points a game. The number 23 pick went to the L.A. Lakers, and out of Oregon State, they chose A.C. Green. A.C. Green was part of a Showtime team, and some of those players on the team did some things that were beyond basketball, outside of basketball. But the one shining light, A.C. Green, out of Oregon State, 16 years. All of them, I do believe, were with the L.A. Lakers. Played in a total of 1,278 games. He scored a total of 12,331 points. Had a 49% field goal percentage. 25% three-point percentage. 73% from the free throw line. And his career scoring average was 9.6 points a game. And rounding out that first round. Number 24. Out of University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Terry Porter. Played 17 years. Played in a total of 1,274 games. Scored a total of 15,586 points. Had a 46% field goal shooting percentage. From three-point line, he was 39%. Free throw line, he was 83%. And points per game, 12.2 points per game. And that was a look at your 1985 draft class first round. I really didn't have plans, and I probably won't get into the second round. But I found that first round very intriguing because you've seen some of the names that were on there, some names that you know are going to be Hall of Fame names, like your Patrick Ewings, uh, gone but not forgotten. How could Wayne Tisdale, if he's not in there, how could he not be in there? Uh, don't know if Xavier getting there, and that's only due to the fact that and I still, I'm still blowing this whistle right here. I don't care what nobody say. He should have been rookie of the year. But I'll say there are some factors that played into that of him not getting it. Number one, the media market he was in, as opposed to the media market that Patrick Ewing was in. Uh, even though Xavier McDaniel was the first player ever in college basketball history to lead the nation in both rebounds and scoring at the same time. Xavier McDaniel came out of Wichita State. Patrick Ewing comes out of Georgetown. So, I would say there you have the politics of sports rearing his ugly head. Because Patrick Ewing's first year was also marred by knee injury. And if I'm correct, he only played 50 games that season. Xavier played the whole season. Granted, 
Patrick Ewing had a scoring average of like 20 points. Xavier, I believe, averaging 17 points per game. But once again, the difference is Patrick only played 50 games. Xavier played the whole season. So how do you not reward someone who plays a complete season by not giving them their just due, which would have been rookie of the year? Maybe it could have been a toss-up between Xavier and Wayman Tisdale. Maybe. I'd have to look up the stats on Wayman Tisdale and what his rookie year was like, which I could probably do that like right about now and see what it says. Uh, one thing we do know is Wayman Tisdale, uh, let me see, I know for his career, he played in 840 games, averaged 15.3 points, uh, rebounds, 6.1 assists, uh, 1.3. Uh, let's see, his first year with the Pacers, he played in 81 games, uh, uh, 52% field goal percentage, uh, and if I can get his points per game, one thing we do see is he played, he averaged 28.1 minutes per game. And let me just check the stats here. He averaged 14.7 points per game in his rookie season. So it could have easily went, you know, I'll say a toss-up between Xavier McDaniel because as we look at Xavier's stats in his rookie season, And some of the names that he had as a nickname, X, X-Man. I don't know where Mountain Man came. Maybe if I'm fortunate enough, maybe I can have him on my podcast. And as he does reside here in Wichita, he too played 870 games, 15.6 point average, 6.1 rebounds a game, two assists a game. Uh... His rookie season, he played in all 82 games, averaging 33 minutes a game. Uh, his field goal percentage, his rookie season, 49%. Uh, averaged 17.1 points per game his rookie season. As a matter of fact, I remember one game against Patrick Ewing, uh, the, the Sonics against the Knicks. And he went head on against Nick, against Ewing. That's to say, look, I'm not scared of you. I believe Patrick Ewing did say return to sender. But Xavier sent a message that game saying, I'm not afraid of you. And there weren't too many people that Xavier was going back down from. So let's look at Patrick Ewing's first year stats. Let's do the comparison here. And see if I have a valid point. Not that anything I can say is going to change or rewrite history. But still, it's worth looking at. So we know that that 85-86 season, Ewing played in a total of 50 games his rookie season because the season was cut short due to injury.
Uh, he played 35.4 minutes per game. That, that's applaudable. That, that's to be applauded. He averaged 20 points a game, but in a short season. And the reason I make this argument, because let's move fast forward even to today's game. Who should get rookie of the year? And granted, the time that Zion Williamson got to play, I mean, you seen him, his potential and what he could do, but did it actually warrant him getting rookie of the year? Because when it's all said and done, chances are Jay Morant, who pretty much played before the season was cut short and played in the bubble, most likely will probably get rookie of the year. Why? Because he's had more body of work. My case in point, Xavier McDaniel had more body of work. Therefore, I think rookie of the year honor should have went to him. But like I said, nothing I say can change that. But I just want to point that out and maybe have those of you who listen to this podcast weigh in on it. Leave your comments. Tell me what you think about it. And I'll be glad to listen to your comments and maybe we can get on each other's podcast and hash this out. But you're going to, have to go back to the 1985 draft class, 85-86 season and pull these stats up and see what I'm talking about because this made me do my homework and I want to provide y'all with some information on my thoughts and what I thought should have taken place. Anyway, this is Anthony Smith signing off from A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. As I always say, take care of yourself and each other. Have a blessed evening. I'll be back at you again. Thank you.